I'm trying to lose some weight right now. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, obviously, you know. Um, but one of the things that I've read is that it's really important to have weight loss goals that have nothing to do with the actual number on the scale. And I completely agree with that. So I have a couple of those goals. I'll share them with you. Um, I would like to walk silently in corduroy pants. <laughs> That's one. Um, also, I think, you know, you know who I love? I love, 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 love Queen Latifah. She is sexy. Uh, so I want to be like her. Uh, I am on the Queen Latifah program right now. I am exercising. I am eating right. I am making some shitty movies. <laughs> Pretty soon I'm going to be just like her. Yeah. Uh, my husband was very cute. Um, he said, I hope you don't get skinny and leave me. I hope you don't get fat and stay. <laughs> Can comedian and actor Heather Witherden answer 100 questions in 5 minutes to win the Manitoba Money Shot? All this plus Robin's Land on this episode called Heather Witherden Shoots on Your Mom Cafe. Now what's this guy doing up here in Manitoba? Manitoba. 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 It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore. Are you ready for the summer? Are you ready, Are you ready for, the for the good times? Hey, I'm Harvey Cardwell. And I'm George Pizer. And we opened up the very first Robin's Donuts in 1975. This is the dumbest thing you've ever pulled, Harvey. A lot of people are saying how Robin's Donuts is closing down in Winnipeg, and that's just not going to happen. We got a little bit of action for you with Robin's Land. Oh, my God. It's like if Walt Disney worked at Robin's Donuts full time. Do I really need to wear this stupid donut? Bring the kids to Robin's Land and try to dunk George into the George, pot you can't of coffee. charge people to hang around and empty stools. Fun in games like stool spins. There's a lawsuit. Pin the there tail you. on the Robin's mascot. My nephew wanted to make a buck. Kids can jump into the Robin's egg pit. Gross. A little sticky, but it's fun for the kids. It should be called Lawsuit Land. Come down and dunk tank my huh, brother George really into the giant coffee cup filled with delicious Robin's coffee. Would you shut the fuck up? It's a Robin's world after all. It's a Robin's world after all. It's a coconut in my crotch. And if you buy a coffee, you'll get your very own Mickey Mouse to take home. You can't put rats in a bingo wheel and call it a Robin's land. Monday through Friday, 4 a.m. to 7:30 a.m. Let's spin the charts. Look out! The bingo wall. Oh my God! Get him away from the Robin's egg pit! George Jr., get out of there! Run! Robin's Land! Yeah, Robin's Land! Fast, yeah. fresh, I, I and free parking! Lots of free parking! Oh, oh my god, I think George had a heart attack. Oh, 
Oh boy, there's a cliffhanger, folks. Uh, welcome to the show, the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast. My name is Ron George Moore. Thank you all that you clicked in and checked this out. Uh, and today, there is, as usual, big, big show. Great guest today, comedian Heather Witherton. Uh, I've known Heather quite a while. You heard her tell her funny jokes there at the beginning of the show. You can hear, you can see and hear a lot more at her YouTube page, Heather Witherton. Heather is hosting a show at the Park Theater this Saturday on the 4th of June. It's called Divas Through the Decades, and she'll be hosting as her character, your mom, Kathy. So it should be awesome and cool. So go check that out Saturday at the Park Theater. It's going to be great. If you like burlesque, if you like comedy, check it out. You can follow Heather on Instagram under Defiant Scribbler, which is pretty cool. Uh, she's a social media darling, in my opinion. And... Heather acts. She does voice work. We get right into it with this conversation coming up. So hold on to your socks. It's a great one. Um, please check out the show. Follow us on uh, the social medias, which are Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can TikTok me at Ron George Moore. We have a Patreon account. You can check out patreon.com backslash slash back, whatever, Ronald George Moore. And you can sign up for perks at there. Um, what else? What else? What else? Our home base is on SoundCloud, the Manitoba Money Shop podcast. Search it up, check it out, join, subscribe, please. And you're going to find lots of shows on there. I drop two a week, Tuesday, Twitter, Friday, Foreplay, and occasionally the special interview show where I interview Manitoba's top talent coming at you. There's a whole backlog. If you go to the uh, playlist section, uh, you can see like the over 50 great comedians, actors, writers, you name it, I got them. Okay, so go do that. You know, and speaking of Patreon, I'd like to give a shout out to my Patreon members who are Witch Police Radio podcast. Check it out. Living Through Extinction podcast. Check her out. Carolyn Gray and Rhonda Johnson. Thank you for supporting me, supporting the show. And I just want to thank Heather again for for allowing me to interview her for this. You know, Heather's involved with the RCAF, the Royal Canadian Air Force. She works with them. And I remember one of my favorite gigs is when she asked me, I think once a year she puts on kind of a comedy night. It was such a blast and great crowd, great folks. I have a vivid, vivid memory of it. It was so much fun. And I'm only sorry we'd, I didn't bring it up and reminisce about it during our talk. But that's because there was so much to talk about. She's been on the scene since the early 2000s. And you'll, you're going to, you, why am I spoiling it? I'm not going to spoil it. Listen to it and love it. Okay, so that's about it. Follow Heather on Twitter, and that's at Defiant Scribbler, at D-E-F-I-A-N-T-S-C-R-B-B-L-R. Yeah, fuck that E. <laughs> okay, all right, have fun. Here we go. And they're justified, and they're ancient. We're rolling! Heather Witherden, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good, and you? I'm doing great. Thank you uh, for being on the show. I'm excited. We're doing the Zoom. Are you a big Zoomer? <laughs> Kicking it back to 2021. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm still going here. I'm not doing. I'm still in the uh, staying home, self isolate. Don't go anywhere as much as I can. Uh, are you going out and about now? Are you hitting the restaurants, hitting the town? A little bit. I mean, I've even uh, been traveling a little bit, but, you know, just trying to do it as safely as I can. You're a comedian. You're uh, you're a burlesque dancer. You do voice work, uh, actor. Yeah. So we got a lot to cover here in an hour. So let's let's get to it. Starting with, I am sure you were born in Winnipeg, correct? 
I was born in Winnipeg, yeah. Ding, ding. St. Boniface Hospital. I'm a St. Boniface Hospital baby myself. Yes, yes. Uh, and then what part of town were you living in when you were born, your family? My parents were living in Windsor Park. And then after that, a few years later, moved over to St. Vitale, you know, mm -hmm. adjacent. Yeah. And yeah, that's where I grew up until right until grade 12. Oh, nice. So you're very, yeah. so, you, so that's really cool because when you get, when you stay in a, in one area for, you know, a good decade or two, you know, all the sweet spots, all the hidden spots, all the go-to places, uh, especially as you're a kid, you know, like say trails and stuff like that. So uh, did you enjoy growing up in St. Vitale, hitting the mall? Yeah, believe it or not, I'm so old. How old are you? Um, St. <laughs> Vitale Center wasn't even built yet. Oh, St. Vitale Center was actually not built until I was in high school. And I went to high school at Dakota Collegiate. Yeah, hell but yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I had Ron. no idea. Yeah, Ron, I was born in uh, 1968. I'm turning 54. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm so, right there with you. Yeah. I'm 69, so I'm just a little younger. So, yeah, we, we're the same generation. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. a time when uh, there was no St. Mattel Mall and there was a drive-in movie theater and where uh, Bishop Grandin is. And, yeah. I remember when they didn't have Bishop Grandin. Yeah. <laughs> There's sort of pockets of different areas of St. Vitale and maybe slightly different, you know, uh, income brackets in St. Vitale because yeah. you've got everything from, you know, public housing to like Victoria Crescent, which is on the river. And so I did have one friend that grew up on Victoria Crescent and, you know, we would bike over to her place and her dad um, it was the first person I ever, well, my dad was kind of into eco things as well, but so were her parents. And so they had actually built like a very eco house, like a very green house. And all I just remember was her house was always super cold. And she was the only rich person that I knew that chopped wood. Right. <laughs> because they heated their house a lot with the wood stove. But anyway, also, this is... I like to like be like a movie and jump around in time. That's totally fine. So, yeah, whatever you're comfortable okay. with. Yeah. Okay. So maybe when I was in my like early 30s, I was actually living in Toronto. And at that point, I just had my oldest son and he was like a year old. And his grandparents lived in Ontario also. So one weekend we left uh, my baby with our these grandparents and we went to this fancy spa in Niagara on the lake. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So follow along. I am in the spa and I pick up a magazine in the spa because I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm not like rich and famous. It just was just like a treat for us. Right. So we go to a hotel, I flip it open and there's this kid that I, the very first guy that I ever had a crush on. Wow. And he's in this, you know, kind of like a high level magazine. And I'm like, what the? Like, like, like from St. Patel? Yeah. And so he also lived on Victoria Crescent when he was younger. And I had a super crush on him around the time that I was like about 13, like grade wow. six. Nice. Yeah. And he went on to be, um, he has his own magazine. What? And yeah, 
he has his own magazine, which I'm trying to remember the name of right now. Wallpaper. It's called Wallpaper. Wallpaper. And his name is, yeah, his name is Tyler Brule. Yeah. And his dad, I think, was a player for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And anyway, and he also uh, redesigned all of the interiors for like, Swiss Air or something like that. Oh yeah. my God, he got a reputation so, pretty quick and <laughs> built on it. But he, was, but he was also like, he was a journalist. Like he's like James Bond. Right. But see, like I kind of knew like how to pick them even <laughs> like when I was like 12 years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also like who likes gay men? Heather does. Yeah, you're the gay men. Okay. That's kind I of love a gay men. That's a hard, that's a hard goal to achieve, Heather, if you're... Yeah, yeah, you know, like, so I'm basically saying my backstory is, like, I've been a beard for a super long time, super long time. A what? A beard. A beard? What is, I don't, I don't know that term as a... Okay, it's, it's like a cover for somebody that's gay. Oh, like, right. I'll be... Yes, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, I know the yeah. situation, but I've never heard that before. Okay. Appeared. Yeah. So makes sense. Branching another one of the services that I offer. Mm-hmm. Nice. So okay, yeah. let's go. Let's go back to school. Twelve years old. Thirteen years old. You, you ha- you're having crushes on on gentlemen uh, at that age. So were you going? Were you, were you dating at that early age as well? Or no, not really. You know, it's that sort of like creepy watching people. Like you're. I feel like if you're like me, that like. Dating was more like stalking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Because we would just ride our bikes past his backyard. Yes. And like he had fancy dogs. <laughs> That's nice. You know, where you're just like, I'm just gonna, he's for sure gonna notice me because I'm <laughs> trespassing on his property. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to do it. Uh, were you good in school? Did you have good grades? Did you enjoy uh, your school yeah, time? Yeah, I had, I had good grades. Um, so it's funny because I'm sort of finding out now in my 50s that I probably have had ADHD. Mm, yes. The whole time. We, nobody was diagnosed and, back then. Yeah, no, for sure. And especially not if you were, you know, a girl and also not necessarily like hyperactive type because there's kind of different types of ADHD and there's one that's sort of ADHD inattentive, ADHD hyperactive. Some people have like a, a combination, Yeah. but yeah. So I'm, I'm actually like working through that with like a counselor as we speak. Oh, and wow. so much of it is, yeah. So much, much of it is like, it makes so much sense now. As far as like so, um, how you did well in school? Well, no, I, I did do well in school, but I had a very, I have very similar process now to anything as I did then, which is like, wait, 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 procrastinate, worry, procrastinate, worry, mm-hmm. worry, worry, think a little bit about it, and then write that paper like the night before. Right. Just wait till the last minute for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And almost everything I do feels like that. And, you know, sometimes it works out great. Sometimes it's not as great, you know, but I definitely feel like, I'm like, oh, I believe that process has impacted me. Right. Sometimes it's great because, you know, like I've I've told people that and I said, you know, like 
I could literally be like curled up in bed like the day before a show because I'm so stressed. But I'm so stressed because I'm like kind of under rehearsed, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I do it to, I do it I do it to myself. But then, you know, I have a couple of good friends and they're, you know, like people with theater experience or comedy experience and they'll go, okay, so what happens every single time that you do this? And I said, well, I usually go on stage and they go, how does it usually go? Usually goes okay. And they're like, well, that's your process then. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Anyway. So with, uh, with school, uh, are, are you very busy in school? Like, I know you say you're procrastinating and whatnot, but are, are you doing extracurricular as well as schoolwork? Are you doing shows, like, uh, in any plays or that type of thing? Um, I did a couple of things in high school, but, you know, wasn't really my... Band was my thing. Band. I was in band. Yeah, I was in band, and I also I was in dance, like, separately, you know, from school activities. I was yeah. in... Um, Ukrainian dance because my dad was Ukrainian and uh, so we got into that and then also uh, yeah some other dance classes as things came along. Well that's cool and you kept that up throughout your high school years too and further down the road obviously. Yeah I think I think I was still doing classes right you know mostly up until high school I would say. Right. I may have sort of slowed down around high school just because you know we kind of, I was doing more school things, you know, band and. Yeah. What instrument did you play? Saxophone. Alto saxophone. saxophone. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, we, did you say you were doing plays or no? You were involved in the uh, theater? I did. In the theater? I once played a very strict, no one likes to use the N word these days, but I was like an extremely regimented um soldier-esque like um librarian <laughs> in, in, in the school in a school play in a school play that was my character yeah what, what was the play so, Do you uh, it was actually written by one of the the teachers at our school okay. mr partridge right mr partridge wrote this and so yeah it was kind of like a satire i think you, were, you know dropping n-bombs throughout the whole thing or <laughs> No, no, I'm saying like my character, she was Nazi esque. Oh, Nazi esque. Okay, Nazi esque. Not, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's better. So. I mean, I knew it was a different time, but I still would not. Yeah. Okay. No, no. If you saw a picture of me in my costume, like they had me, I think they actually found me a Salvation Army suit, like a skirt suit, you yeah. know? So a very like zipped up to the top jacket, a very, you know. Yeah, it was pretty stiff looking. You know, they made me look like an older, very stern person. After high school, did you go to university? I did. Um, I went to University of Winnipeg and I was there for a couple of years. And during my very first year at university was actually when I met my future husband. (laughs) And... So we were dating at that time. And uh, yeah, so he was working out in Portage La Prairie. So on the, on the occasional weekend, I would actually just like bring my stuff to school and catch the uh, Greyhound bus, <laughs> Greyhound or whatever, whatever the bus, um, what's the bus depot? 
right next to UW. It used to be Greyhound, right? I think Greyhound, Grey Goose or Greyhound or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that was a fun little bus ride that I used to take on some Fridays. Mm -hmm. Go spend the weekend with your boy and then make time for classes on Monday. Very nice. So I guess on the weekends you were doing your own thing. You weren't really hanging out with uh, the other students too much then. No, I was like sort of, uh, I'm very, I'm social, but I've always kind of always done my own thing, you know, like. I do join things, but I'm not a joiner. I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so what were you doing in Ports of Prairie? Like just hanging out with uh, your future husband? Yeah, you know, I was uh, getting caught up on like things that I didn't know anything about, like uh, Star Trek. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like the military. Because, well, actually, that's not true. I, I also joined reserves, so I was in the reserves as well. Get the hell out so, of here, really? Yeah. What inspired so after, you to, to join the reserves? Uh, one of my friends said, hey, they're doing a summer program. We could be in the band. So, oh, yeah, I was in the band at HMCS Chippewa, right. which is uh, down, yeah, right downtown. Were you doing parades yeah. or what, what performances yeah. would you do? Um. The band was mostly responsible for, yeah, music for parades. We did some concerts. We would do, you know, if they ever had any formal events, we would play, you know, for mess dinners and things like that. So, you know, when we're in like a concert band and uh, a jazz, I think, yeah, we had a jazz band as well. So, yeah, I kind of continued playing after high school and then, yeah. And of course, like two of my besties were also in the band. So uh, Karen played trumpet, mm-hmm. uh, Nancy played French horn, and I played saxophone. And then, yeah. You met your husband. Was he already in the military at that point? Yeah, he was. I actually met him very randomly, even not through a military event. We just met in downtown Winnipeg. And uh, I was out at a club, which used to be the corner where APTN is. I know exactly uh, the bar you're talking about. I just Yes, it was called name. it was called oh Times. Times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not Times Change, but it was called Times. And uh so yeah, I went there with I have a, an, another uh person that's, you know, still in my life is uh my cousin. She's the same age as I am. Mm-hmm. And so when we were growing up, you know, my family kind of treated us, well, our whole family kind of treated us like we were like, not twins, but, you know, because we're like two girls that were the same age. So yeah. we did hang out quite a bit. And she still lives here in Winnipeg. But I used to call her like the man magnet because she's very cute. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like, uh, and she's still very cute, very like bubbly. And oh, okay. um, she knew what to say. Yeah, you know, like we, for whatever reason, I don't know what happened. We started hanging out at the Grant. (laughs) Okay, the Grant. Yeah, it used to be a great bar, like in the basement, right? Yes. So anyway, she was kind of already hanging out with some military dudes because at that time, uh, Cap Young Barracks was still on the south side there Mm -hmm. on Keniston. 
Okay. Yeah. Like tennis. Anyway. So that was like a popular bar for all those people. And so I think she was dating somebody from like Royal Canadian Regiment, RCRs. So I went out dancing because this was also funny to my, to my husband. So my husband grew up in Ontario and I think he found it interesting that girls in Manitoba would just dance together, right? Like we didn't wait for guys to ask us to dance. It was just like, to, you know, girls or groups of girls would just go up on the dance floor. It wasn't some kind of old fashioned, like 1950s where, you know, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So he was there at this bar and um, my cousin was just like way too involved in this group of people that came with us and we were sitting with. But I was finding it all a little bit boring and not really interested in anything that was happening at our table. And so she wasn't dancing, so I wasn't dancing. So I kind of looked around and I I saw this guy like standing. Remember brass rails? Like actual brass, because it was the style of the 80s, right? Like, you know, where you the dance dance floor was lower and then you had sort of like a slightly higher level. So he was kind of on that little level and I looked over and like you know it's dark in there like all I see is like teeth (laughs) pretty much very he had like an awesome smile and uh so and he was doing the like I I want to dance but I'm just dancing here by myself so (laughs) anyways I asked him to dance and he didn't realize I was talking to him he did one of these who are you talking to things? And then, yeah. And then we actually, yeah. So we spent the rest of the night totally dancing. And um, then he left because he said, I have to go. Um, I don't don't think he came with people. Like he was, he had run into some people and I think they were all leaving. So he left with them and that was it. But then he literally came back like about half an hour later into the bar and he said, I, I came back to find you because uh, I wanted to get your number and I think I should get your number. I feel like it would be weird if I didn't. Wow. And then because I was like first year, like feminist studies, I'm like, well, you better give me your number as well. Cause yeah, we're not falling for this. So. <laughs> well, that's yeah. really awesome. So that's how it all started. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. then, yeah. I definitely remember the levels of times. It was just. Like, yeah, just, you know, like you're sunken dance floor, and then you're, you know, next yeah. level, and yeah. My first memory of you, Heather, is uh, seeing you in a banana suit. You're volunteering, yeah. volunteering for the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Maybe its first year was it? Its first year? I don't. Uh, I don't know if it was the first year because I think it was an idea that they came up with, like to you know get out there into the community and let people know about the festival. Cause the festival, it was pretty new, but I don't know. It was the very first year. When did you decide you wanted to try stand-up comedy? It was that same year because right at the same time as they were looking for volunteers for the Winnipeg comedy festival, there had also been um, one of the radio stations was having a contest to be, you know, how rumors always has, you know, Winnipeg's, funniest person with a day job this was like are you winnipeg's funniest female because oh really I think, female i didn't know that yeah, yeah yeah 
the process was that we had to book an audition. So that was to go to rumors and tell some jokes in front of, I guess, a panel. The, the <laughs> and then from panel, there, yes, at rumors. Yes. <laughs> the <panel>. Girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, from there, they chose people to be in the actual, you know, contest. Because I guess they wanted to, you know, make sure that, you know, they had some people that could do something. That's and strange. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like a hundred percent open mic type of thing because they had to only, I don't know. I can't remember how many people were there. Right. How many people participated, like maybe eight or 10 or something like that. And I just remember, so that night, and I thought I did actually pretty well, like in the audition, I think it might've been like Rob Bruno, Jason Beck. Okay. Maybe Maybe Ross Rumberg. I don't know if they had him out for that or not. Okay, they're local heavy hitters. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, or somebody, probably somebody from the radio station too, I think. Yeah. So they had some people, you know, so they selected some some people to do jokes, some women. And, uh, you know, I thought I did pretty well. You passed the audition. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when the night came and we told our jokes and the, I think the very first joke that I ever wrote, like I had never done stand up before. The reason that I went out was because I had this very, you know, like a, you ever have a friend that just nudges you? Yeah. So it's the same person that like nudged me to go and volunteer for the comedy fest. And I guess I would have been, I'm trying to think of how old I was. And when this was exactly. Yeah, because it's got to be early 2000s, like. Yes. So, yeah, it was. And um, so I would have had, like, because I had my older son and then my younger boys are twins. So I was right, real in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and uh, she's like, you know, you really need to do something that's for yourself, you know, like. And because I lived around in different places in the country after leaving Winnipeg. Uh, I used to write a lot of letters. And so I was kind of like a sad little lonely pen pal a little bit, (laughs) but also like I would write funny stuff, you know, like tell people what was going on and, you know, things that were going on with our life. And I mean, handwritten letters, handwritten letters. Yes. Yeah. And who who are you sending these letters to just family and friends, your husband? Yeah. Yeah. Family and friends. Although I did have, over the years, I had a couple of like randoms, like random pen pals, you know, like before the internet, I had Africans that wanted to marry me. (laughs) Wow. I was already married, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't know. That doesn't. (laughs) What was the joke? The first joke there. I'm pretty sure it was. I said, I went to, you know, I went to Walmart the other day and there was a Hutterite girl and I noticed something about her that was different. Between her Nikes and her long skirt, I could see her socks and they were ruffled. What a slut. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good, that's a good opener. I like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and half the crowd Something is like rights and they get up and they walk out. <laughs> yeah. 
So I kind of figured out, you know, like the formulas of jokes. Mm -hmm. I literally did go to McNally Robinson and pick up a joke, like a a comedy writing book or, you know, how stand up for dummies. Because, yeah, it's true, right? Like telling stories is different from telling jokes and, you know, you can do a combination. But, you know, I was just starting out. So I really just did kind of like formulaic, um, you know. And, but also I really like doing kind of almost one-liners like that because um, later on, after I'd been doing stand-up for a little while, and you remember Dan Leacop? Mm-hmm. Male Silverback. Yeah. But he said, you know, like, you have, you have something that not everybody has, and that's like, likability. Like, you don't have to actually work for your likability. He said, I have to work for my likability. Like, I don't have a pleasant face, you know, like, and I'm a man, you know, like people don't innate, like, he said, I feel like you could walk up on stage and say all kinds of terrible shit and people would laugh because you just look like so nice. And, you know, you just look like a nice person and it's extra, extra funny when you say some you know some mean shit <laughs> right right not, not that that joke was super mean but you know what I mean like it's uh it's unexpected but I also heard so, the opposite you know I've always heard that good looking people can't be funny their looks take away from the from the humor you know it's like it's like it's like Norm Macdonald says that you know you have to play the loser to get the crowd on your side no one wants to cheer for the winner <laughs> uh, <laughs> And that's why Dan put the monkey face on. That's why he put the gorilla suit on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you. Well, if you're, oh, go ahead, if you're going to be on TV and have that like repeated for your lifetime, I would probably put a monkey suit on too. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you get the the comedy festival stage? I did. I think uh, just a couple of years after I started doing stand up, I did it. I think it was 2008. And I think I was in the Big Daddy Taz or like, you know, whatever the local show was. Right, right, right. And, And, uh, uh, you know, that's also where, you know, you kind of learn like, you know, what's okay for a bar show is like maybe not the same as what you would do for a, you know, a clean show or a, like a corporate, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went... I went on a couple, I, it's not like I toured a lot or anything, but I did do a little bit, you know, because I was new and because I was a girl and like some people got very excited about that just because like they had no female comedian to bring with them on the road at the time. A little bit of uh, some touring there. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like see the wilds of Saskatchewan and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, sure. Get yourself out there, get yourself into the Verdans, get yourself into the, uh, Gainesboro, Saskatchewan, maybe. Right. There's Gainesboro in Manitoba. I can't remember. What's funny though, is like somebody that I ended up working with in my day job later, she said, I saw you do comedy and I, I can't remember what town it was. It was up near like Nipawa somewhere. Right. Anyway. Yeah. I'm like, yep. Yep. That was me. That was me. <laughs> Got it. And so she was selling like, she was with one of those like home parties businesses oh, yeah. at that time, you know? 
and uh Wait, selling know, so, the the unmentionables <laughs> yeah yeah i think so so you you're doing comedy in front of a stage but also like i guess from your dance experience you fell into the uh, burlesque area of stage and i'm just curious how did that all come about where you started getting into burlesque theater um well it was a short transfer i had done like you remember when there was like comedy loser and the different shows on different tuesdays at king's head mm-hmm. yes so yeah then you know there was like improv one night there was stand-up they had the show comedy loser and then, yeah, so... And Comedy somebody, Loser, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was uh, basically one person doing a character. You're doing a character, whether it's stand-up or sketch or you, whatever. You could do anything except stand-up. Okay, yeah, and it yeah. Had, and also the, the, with the um, rule that it had to be the first time. So it wasn't like some sketch that you had memorized, you know, and been doing for years. It had to be new and it had to be like, I'm going to try this out. So, you know, I tried Comedy Loser a couple of times and I did a sketch, which I always thought, I don't know, it was just something that had been floating around in the back of my mind. And anyway, um, you know, like the stereotypical, like, a uh, housewife from the 50s mm-hmm. you know everyone leaves her at home alone and every single time she starts doing anything domestic then porn uh audio started coming on ah Would so you, see the, the you know beginnings of your mom kathy is that the yeah well yeah. i ended up changing my name to that but uh so somebody had seen me do stand up at one of these shows, I kind of got invited into the girls, girls, girls circle, which was the show that they would put on every year for a fundraiser for gas station theater. That's and it. I, per- Very I performed in, yeah, I performed in that quite a few times. And then, you know, originally I started out doing stand up, and then the next year they would always change the theme. So when this theme came around and I said, do you care if I do something that's not stand up? Like, could I do a sketch? And they said, do whatever you want. So um, that was the sketch that I did. because, And I really had kind of worked it up. So now it wasn't just me, you know, like I had a costume and I had, you know, more props. And it just became like kind of a wild, you know, romp. Yeah, romp it and, is. Yeah. Yes. But uh, but there was actually somebody doing real burlesque in the show, mm. and it was Miss Miss Lemuse, and so she saw this and she like came running up. She's like, "You're doing burlesque!" <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So she uh, she was so excited, and she have you met um, her before? That was my first time meeting her. Hmm. Okay. I didn't really I didn't know her, and I hadn't gone to any her shows or burlesque or anything so you know she just got very excited because she went yeah like do you know that there's this very famous um burlesque performer and she's you know a plus size woman and she's just fabulous and her name is uh dirty martini (laughs) and anyway so she just she was trying to like in five minutes give me the history of burlesque and so uh that's when i i decided uh we would work together and that's when I started to host shows 
that was a good mesh because, you know, I was able to, you know, like when you're doing stand-up, you can kind of think on your feet. So you've got like a little bit of a light script because you've got, you know, your list of performers and their bios and, um, you know, it's very, you have to be in the moment about things that are happening and also, you know, be able to kill time if somebody yeah. doesn't have their costume on yet or, um, so I just found it actually quite an easy lateral slide into that. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I kind of made a name for myself doing it because, you know, I mean, it's also very selfish because really like then you're the only stand up in the show probably. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and it was just funny. Like it's, you know, of course, you know, burlesque does have a basis in stripping you yeah. know, but strip clubs are sort of like male gaze, male focused. Oh, yeah. You know, burlesque Absolutely. is not. And, you know, it is and it isn't. I mean, of course, you still have men at the show and it's like, but it's much more, you know, like, I think we actually have a higher percentage of women that come to the shows. Right. And so, you know, then we kind of like lean into, you know, body positivity and like, you know, burlesque can also be like a little bit political, you know, depending yeah. on the acts that are done, who's doing it, why right. they're doing it. Like, there's a lot about it that I really love. Right. And, and you're, you're, so, you're, you're totally comfortable, yeah. uh, you know, getting right down to your, your nitty gritties there. Like, you're, well, yeah, I mean, you know, like, that's the other thing is like, um, it's a pretty welcoming place for that. And, you know, I just over time became more and more comfortable with that too, right? Like I used to do a lot of sketch stuff with like for Fringe and I started to kind of lean into that character and only because that wasn't really a character. It's like, this is really just just me and in a, like in a character form, you know? Did you no, do a, a one woman show at the Fringe? I've never done a one woman show. Mm. I I've done like several shows with other people. I've gone as low as two. As low as low as two people in a show? Yeah, as yeah. low as two and never never just one. <laughs> two hand. Uh, for sure, for sure. Uh you uh, you have a you're hosting a show coming up at the Park Theater. Let's get that in. Oh, good. Goodness gracious. Yeah, yeah, let's get that in. So, uh, yeah, it's the Prairie Diva dance, which is a dance school where they teach burlesque fusion and um some other styles of dance too and they do like fitness classes and all kinds of things but i'm on the burlesque fusion side so yeah i'll be hosting the show and also my new troupe and i say new but we've actually been together like two years now um divine femmes burlesque is our our group so we're doing a number in the show as well oh nice so yeah. okay, so Divine Femme Burlesque is a a, a group that's um, uh, performing at this show at the Prairie Divas. Yeah. Show. So there's six of us in Divine Femmes, and it's um, a group that was created literally just like the week before the pandemic opened <laughs> started. So I think it was like March 13th when things kind of closed down. March 13th, 2020. So the weekend before that had been the Winnipeg Tattoo Show. And one of the people that is now in Divine Femmes, she was performing on the main stage of uh, 
of the tattoo show. And the organizers asked if she could put together uh, an after party, you know, like a burlesque oh, okay. show after party. For sure. So we did a show at Shannon's across the street right. from the convention center. And uh, yeah, so she sort of, you know, picked what she thought were, you know, uh, popular performers and like a nice mix. And it was a good mix. And it was such a good mix that after the show, she was like, like, we should do this again. <laughs> you know, like For sure. that seemed like the whole thing just went off really quite well, even though it was like, you know, not as like high production necessarily as, you know, like a big theater production. But um, so, yeah, we got together, we started working on what we wanted to do with that. Like, you know, it's nice that we get a chance to perform with the Prairie Diva and, but, you know, it gives you a little bit of a, like, if you produce your own show, then mm -hmm. you can also, you know, more opportunities to perform, you know, more opportunities to create uh, something new for audiences in Winnipeg. And yeah. yeah. Through the decades. So does each one of you yeah. go through a decade? What decade are you? I think uh, Divine Femmes might be doing like the aughts. <laughs> the aughts. Okay. Oh, like Divine Femmes <laughs> like, are, are doing one decade. Oh, I thought maybe each yes. individual would have their own decade. Oh, okay. No, no. We talked about it and like we actually had a number that we worked out like right at the beginning of the pandemic because we thought, oh, okay, we're going to be, you know, able to perform and do shows. And of course, you know, like things were shut down, shut down. Yeah. So we didn't really get to do this one particular number as a group, which, you, you know, we've been doing shows together and almost everybody has a separate act. I think we had a couple of, we did one act where it was like three of us. So yeah. half the troupe. But we've never all six actually done like a number together. Okay. So anyway, so that's what we're doing. So. And and as well, you're hosting. And I'm hosting too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so cool. double duty on that. That's nice. Yeah, June fourth, the Park Theater, beautiful theater. They renovated it. It's nice now. Well, it's always nice. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. It's it's great. So um, it's very you know it's very nice and open now, and it's also you know accessible. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, they put a ramp inside the theater as well. Oh, that's, that's fucking awesome. So, man. That's so yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they're featuring a lot of like Manitoba breweries in their taps. Yeah. So there's lots to drink, lots to see, lots to do. Keep your hands to yourself, basically. Uh, <laughs> um, but we're going to do the money shot right away. But before we do, I have one last question for you. Okay. Uh, you do voiceover work. How did you get voiceover work? What do you do? What what's, what are you voicing? I think the thing I'm going to be like, I'll just go down in history is like um, a small dental appliance. Maybe all you need. <laughs> Sorry, I stumbled that, on it. Is it a commercial? A commercial, yeah. I did a whole series of commercials. For a while there, I was like very like everything dental was kind of coming my way. Right. So, but it was through uh I was just talking about him today because I think he was just a very wise person. Remember Jerry Atwell? Name's familiar. I should know. He's Jerry Atwell. A musician. Anyway, he uh 
he passed away, but he did so much good work and stuff. And he was just one of those like uh, connector people. So he yeah. connected me with a friend of his who does like recording and jingles. And so I did the voice for the, like someone else did the jingle. I don't think you'd, I mean, I'm not a horrible singer, but I'm not a professional singer, but um, yeah. So for a while there, I was doing all these commercials for all these dentists because they, you know, when people, it was this anti-snoring device. Yeah. It was called snoringisntsexy.com. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I got to write some of the jokes for the ads too. Like, right. If he stops breathing one more time during the night, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> hey, speaking of jokes, are are you gonna be doing some more stand up in the future? You got some any? Yeah, I do. I I am. I got committed to um, Adam Schwartz is doing a fringe show, so he wanted stand ups to uh, come. I'm not sure if it's all people from his like. Uh, neuro hilarity shows yeah but because he's been trying to do um or he has been doing not trying he's been doing shows featuring people with different like neurodiverse backgrounds so mm-hmm. i guess i'm in, I'm in that group now you're in baby that's awesome i didn't know he's in the fringe that guy is yeah, yeah. Baker. He, he's he works his ass yeah off. i know uh he really wanted uh and he i think he has been kind of like um oh wow okay let's not be slanderous no he's been like (laughs) hanging around like burlesque you know scenes as well because you know burlesque is a little bit like can be like variety shows and sometimes it is and he did do a show with us a couple of summers ago um at the pyramid which is a big fundraiser and i think he had fun with it and it's just a different you know it's it's a bit different feeling, right? Like when you do stand up and not everybody's doing stand up, um, yeah. you know, cause we had some singers and we had dancers and we had like musicians and it seemed like, you know, his stuff was pretty well received at that time too. So I'm going to do a spot in his show. I believe my date is July 16th. There you go. And then I also have another show coming up in July with, uh, the Prairie Diva folks, because they're trying to get a, I think it's called Burlesque in the Basement. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you put the lotions on the skins and then you does the shows. Right. It's at that new hat tricks location. It's like a bar on West Portage, maybe the Howard Johnson. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm not familiar. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere out there. Oh, but like, I think, I think they want to try having like a more like a show with a little bit more frequency, you know, like a, yeah, it's supposed to be a speakeasy environment. Well, it's definitely, it seems like there are people are, are putting out more shows. Maybe it's just to get people out of the house, back into the bars or whatever, but there's lots of opportunities to see comedy in this city almost on yeah. a daily basis, you know, and uh, that's great. You're going to be on stage, uh, back on stage, 2022. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. And then I, I've been doing a bunch of like either background work or like, uh, there's so many of these shows coming out now that are, they're always called like silent on screen. Is that what, um, is that what your partner writes by the way? Oh, Carolyn? Yeah. Sorry. Write some of these murder shows. 
Yes, she is a big. Uh, they got her hook, line, and sinker writing the, uh, the yeah. shows. Yes, she loves it. She's. I'm sitting. I'm sitting though. right here on like my um, something killers. Oh, cruise ship killers. I was on cruise ship killers. I you was were. on. I knew my. Yeah, I knew my murderer. Heartland homicides. Okay, Heartland homicides. I think she's written for that too, an episode or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And. Uh, I think this is Shoot to Kill. And finally on Shoot to Kill, I got to be uh, a tomboy lesbian murderer. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Great. You can really... Uh, but I was set up. That role, I right? was set up. And uh, yeah, and it's a real person. And this real person was named Don Silvernail. Mm-hmm. Like that name sounds fake, but no, yeah. it's real. And <laughs> Don Silvernail's already out of prison. Like she did her time. She's out. Oh, Dawn, D-A-W-N. Yeah. So, hey. yes, here we go. The Mental Money Shot Podcast. We are about to do the Mental Money Shot with Heather Witherden. It's 100 questions, which you must answer within five minutes to win. And you can, you just can't say anything, Heather. 90%, at least 90% have to be the correct answer. Okay. And these okay. are easy questions. This or that, fill in the blank. Uh, what's your favorite? Blah blah blah. That kind of stuff. All right. The hardest part is just getting through it because if you really break it down, it's about three seconds for each question and answer. And that's why I say oh, we wow. really got to work together here. I'm going to try to speak as fast and clear as I possibly can. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Heather Witherden, your Manitoba money shot. Two thousand five hundred pennies, also known as twenty-five dollars. Hail Satan! Name a Winnipeg movie theater. Landmark. Name a Winnipeg bar. Strawberries. Name a Winnipeg restaurant. Earls. Name a Winnipeg park. A the point. Nana Winnipeg Band. The Weaker Dance. Pick a number between one and ten. Seven. Broccoli or cauliflower? Broccoli. Bananas or apples? Bananas. Rice or potato? Potato. Favorite salad dressing? Ranch. Favorite soup? Chicken noodle. Girls just want to have what? Fun. <laughs> Boys don't what? Cry. Name a Grammy winner. Ooh. Um, Herbie Hancock. Name an Oscar winner. Um... What's his name? Uh, Steven Spielberg. Nice. What would you buy at Dollarama? Ooh, hair conditioner. Nice. How how do you like your coffee? One cream. Uh, name a movie you've purchased. Dune. Can you name a member of the band Kiss? 
Gene Simmons. Name a Star Wars droid. R2-D2. Uh, what do you bring to the beach? A towel. Uh, name a John. Any John. Uh, John Williams. Name a Betty. John Williams. Um, Betty Gable. Name a Chris. Chris Rock. Name a Sarah. Sarah Constable. Name a Beastie Boy. Uh, okay, pass. Uh, what goes in your freezer? Meat. Name something round. Uh, meat. <laughs> Do you have a driver's license? Yes. Do you have a fishing license? No. Do you have a hunting license? No. Name a painting. The Mona Lisa. Name a book. Um, the Bible. <laughs> name, that's a good one. name a record album. Uh, Zenyatta Mandata. Ooh, name a film, any film. Um, three weddings and a funeral. Oh, okay. Uh, name a breakfast cereal. Cheerios. What do you put in an omelet? What do you put in an omelet? Uh, eggs, butter, chives. <laughs> oh. Name a Marvel superhero. Spider-Man. Name a DC superhero. Um, Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you put on toast? <laughs> Peanut butter. Name a sport with a racket. Tennis. How often do you shave your legs, I guess? <laughs> Whatever. Anything. Uh, I How don't. often do you shave anything? I don't. Uh, can you play guitar? No. Can you play piano? No. Can you play uh, uh, drums? No. Can you sing? Yes. Name a brass instrument. Trombone. Name a black and white movie. A black and white movie. Uh, singing in the rain. Name a 3D movie. Huh? 3D movie? Oh, um, Avatar? I just saw that. Name a science fiction movie. A Dune. Name an 80s comedy. 16 Candles. Uh, name something blue. The Sky. Ten seconds. Name something red. Blood. Name something green. Grass. Name something yellow. The sun. Ah, that's it. That's the five minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Heather. That's uh, no, no. Man. But you know what? You know, I would like to do this with you again live one-on-one -on -one because I think a, a big problem uh, was the lag on this Zoom call. I think I think that was oh. just, because it has to be really fast. And I, I think there was just too much, at least a, a second or two lag on what you were hearing and what I was saying. <laughs> I honestly well, think that I'm affected the, the results. Damn technology screwing you over. Uh, yeah, I'll send my strongly worded letter to Zoom. 
Uh, well, listen, this is it. This is, I got less than a minute of recording. It may be less. So I'm going to say thank you very much for being on the show, Heather Wither. And I can't wait to see you on stage again. I think you're super hilarious. Uh, I've yet thank to see you. you. We're going to, everyone, going to get everyone to go to your show. Prairie Divas, Prairie Divas. Uh, I'm ruining this. Divas through the decades. June 4th, Park yeah, Theater, 7 p.m. Tickets sure. are on Eventbrite. Thank you so much. And Ron Moore, you're the GOAT. I'm the GOAT, baby. You're the GOATess. Thank you, Heather. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.